And when somebody that I've come across is like, hey, you know, you gave me a little pep talk or something and I'm still doing it, or I'm still doing the Power Five and it's changed my life, or I'm exercising, or I'm not smoking or whatever, you know, it fires me up. So I get, you know, so it doesn't have anything to do with business. I know it's an entrepreneur show, but I swear if you people out there, if you invest in people, then it will just, it will come back to you. You know, you'll, you'll get in relationships with people that you want to do business with. You'll get in relationships with people who, you know, have a winning mentality. You get in relationships with people that um, are not interested in just a zero sum. It's like zero sum is I got to win if you got to lose. You know, like now we can all win. Welcome back to another episode of the Entrepreneur Adventure Podcast. We are super excited to have you with us again today, and you are in for a treat because our first ever second time guest, Rain Strider, is with us today and will be dropping some serious wisdom on why you need to invest in people. Because when people know someone out there cares about them, it gives them power. So if you want to change the world, if you want to impact your community, or if you just want to make a difference in somebody's life, invest in people. And with that, I'll turn it over to our hosts, Josh Melton and Chad Brown. So we're here with the rain. Thanks for joining us, man. Thanks for being a part of this. Uh, we're excited to have you back and excited to dive into a little different topic this week. Uh, historically, uh, on our podcast, we talk about the entrepreneur adventure of how to become an entrepreneur or how to grow your business or scale or how you got into being an entrepreneur. Today, we're going to switch gears and talk about as an entrepreneur, how can you also be an investor and how can you engage in other places outside of your job or outside of your business? Uh, you're the, one of the best I've ever seen at that, Rain, and excited to have you here and you, you plug in and share your wisdom with us today. Absolutely. Excited to be here. It's going to be awesome. It's I our very it. first Two-time guest of the podcast. That's we right. brought Rain back. Rain was one of our very first guests, probably what, three or four or five guests. And we got you back, man. And we got to, Chad, we have to say this. So we, we, both of us knew Rain before we had him on the podcast. But since the podcast, we've, we've been able to build a relationship with Rain. And he's challenged both of us a lot, consistently, to do things, again, as we were just talking, not to overthink it, but just to get in motion and get some traction and make some things happen. And I know for me, he's challenged me in some ways that really made me put the, like, the rubber had to meet the road. And sometimes it wasn't. It's been very beneficial for me. So, Rain, thanks for that on my side. And, Chad, I know, again. Oh, I, I mean, I, I could talk the whole episode about seriously how much you changed my life since we built a strong relationship through recording the first podcast. You plugged in. You've challenged us. Not only challenged, you stepped in there with me on different things and said, hey, here's how we're going to make this more successful. Here's what we're going to do. I'm here with you. I'm going to check in with you tonight. I'm going to do my part. You do your part. There's accountability. There's motivation. There's education. You provide so many value in so many different places and so many ways, along with being a business owner, with being a wildly successful real estate agent and investing on the side. I guess, I guess the first question is, how do you do it all and why do you do it all? Why did you feel challenged or why did you feel the need to plug in with us uh, on such a personal and business level to help us engage more and improve more in our lives after our first recording? Well, all very nice things and uh, I appreciate the kind words. Uh, I personally, you know, get a lot of joy and uh, satisfaction when people around me are succeeding and um <clears throat> and and so i have a lot of different people in my life that uh, um i'm i'm trying to push including myself of course trying to ex explore boundaries and push uh but when i see people that that want it and are willing to sacrifice to get it then that makes me go another level. There is a lot of people <clears throat> that we've all probably experienced a lot of people who, you know, say they want it and do they, or are they willing to put in the work? Are they willing to put in the time? So, uh, you guys have, and there are plenty of people in my life who I still love, but they have not put in the work. And so they don't get the, the 555 messages and they don't get the <laughs> other things, you know, that come with the full rain package. But, uh, 
you know, that's okay too. I, and, and I think we were talking before as I was a school teacher and a coach for 10 years, uh, you have, <clears throat> you have some kids who are going to come in, you know, they're going to work like crazy. They're going to be ready every day. And then you're going to have some kids who are never going to do it. And, and that was hard for me to understand when I first got into coaching and teaching is I would spend a huge amount of time working on the 10% that we're never going to do it no matter what. And I just, <clears throat> I'd seen all these movies and I was going to get those kids and, you know, and then I realized that I was missing out on, you know, the, the 70, 80% in the middle who really could go either way. Okay. You had the 10% that like had their pencil, they were ready. They had read all the homework. You had the 10% that were just never going to do anything no matter what. And then you had this 80% in the middle. And it's like, if you show me some attention coach, I'll give you everything I got. I got plenty to give. And so I would really start to zero in on that 80% and take them as much as I could. Um, you know, not, not, not to say I gave up on the 10% at the bottom, sure. but if I'm spending 50% of my time out in the hall talking to some kid every single day, that's just like, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to disrespect people. I'm going to disrespect myself. You know, after a while, the other kids are like, if I want to get attention, do I need to act like that? You know? And so anyway, uh, with adults, it's sort of the same way. Um, I got a group I'll share with you. I got um, this thing called the Power Five. Mm -hmm. Power Five comes from a Andy Frisella podcast. And, uh, and so <clears throat> with the Power Five, you agree every day to write down five things that you want to accomplish for yourself, for completely selfish reasons for yourself, okay? And you commit to those five things for that day. And you either complete all five things and they all have to be something that is uh, um, quantifiable, okay? Run 30 minutes, read 15 pages. It can't be something gray like be a better person, okay? So you have quantifiable goals, five every day. Action items every Action day items you got to check off. Every okay. day. Yep. So <clears throat> about three years ago, I started this uh, first group of 10 people because you only have 10, uh, 10 on my phone that, that can answer a group text. <laughs> and uh, if you agree to be in the Power 5 group, you have to send a check mark in every day to the group. And before the end of the day, you either send a W or an L. It's all or nothing. You either completed the five or you did not. Okay, no excuses and no explanations and you'd never tell anybody what your power five is for that day. Anyway, I'll tell that story because now I have two groups of 10. So I have 20 people a day that are doing this. And <clears throat> my rule is that if you get three L's in a row, then I boot you out of the group. You're out. You're out. All right. Consequences. Yeah. And, and, and over the last three years, I've lost family members. I've, I mean, you know, in the group, not like, you know, they didn't I die, assume if you don't respond, okay, that's if, an L, right? If you don't respond, it's an L. If you get an L and you three times in a row, then you're out. And I've had, you know, really good friends get booted out. And it's, it's all about, are you holding yourself accountable? Mm -hmm. And do you have other people that are holding you accountable? And in this little instance, you know, this is just a check, W or L. And people will text me on the side and say, like, oh, you know, I'm, I've been really busy. I'm like, I'm sorry, bro. Like, black and white. <laughs> black and white, you know, like three L's. That's the rules of engagement. And, and there, you know, my, my uh, I had a son of one of my really good friends and like he texts me, he cursed me out. He's like, I'll start my own effing group. You know? I'm like, great, go for it. You know, like, you know, you create whatever you want, but this is what this group does. So, so all right, let me, yeah. Let's talk there for a second. Yeah. You're investing in people. Yes. People close to you, people that may not be close to you. You're providing opportunity to help people win and be accountable. Yes. You've invested in Josh and I. Yes. I know other people you're invested in. You, you help me tremendously with time and effort and leveraging your resources for the Stronger Business Summit and for ticket sales and sponsorships. Mm. This is investing in people we're talking about right now, we're going to get to investing in other outside things. But yeah. when you're investing in people, 
why are you investing in people yeah. outside of you just enjoy it. is there any rain benefit is there some belief in it's all going to come back around to me at some point is it just something you just enjoy that much mm-hmm. what's because you're yeah. you're busy you got yeah. multiple businesses yeah. you got more things going on you're a hobby guy you yeah. like to hike and do all these other things you have a family you got daughters in yeah. college in other cities it's not like you have all this free time so you're sacrificing <clears throat> rain time and other things that are important to invest in people What's pushing you there and on such a high level? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I have a great answer for that. I mean, I enjoy when, when other people are succeeding or like when someone sends in a W with an exclamation point. I don't know what, what they did that day, you know, but like they're into it, you know. <laughs> now you're uh, excited for yeah, them. With I'm them. Excited yeah. for them. And so I think, uh, you know, when you care about people and you want to see them succeed, but, you know, you kind of go back to the, the point you're making about time. I think that time is overrated everybody talks about how busy they are you know i i I mean i hate when people say i'm so busy so busy i'm like damn there's 24 hours in a day you know i mean i sleep seven or eight hours you know and there's still 16 17 hours in the day so yeah i mean i'm still working and doing things but anybody that tells me oh you know i don't have time to care about somebody else or to check in with somebody I mean, sure, not every day, but how, how much time does it take someone to send them a text saying, you know, I hope you have an awesome day or to call someone and just say, I'm just checking in, you know, three minutes, five minutes, you know. But when people know that somebody out there uh, cares about them and, and really does, uh, I think they get power from that. And when they send you back the, the power that they're feeling, that gives you power. I mean, it's you know, not to get all like Captain Marvel, but like, you know, your power brings me power. And so I'm, you know, I'm not sitting around, you know, just waiting for you guys to show me how successful or how much you're growing. But when you relate that to me, you know, that makes me hungry for more of that. You know, I'm, I'm pumped for you guys and your growth. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't affect me, you know, financially or anything like that on any level, but I'm pumped for you. And then, you know, just like you've talked about in some other podcasts, when you surround yourself with winners, it, it elevates you. If you are a great basketball player in a small town and you don't have any competition, you probably go through the motions a lot, all right? When you go to an all-star game, you're like, damn, there's some good players out here. So when you surround yourself with winners and people that want to take it to another level, it's like you don't want to be languishing behind you know, if you go to a, a summer camp and everyone's getting after it in, in whatever sport and you're sleeping in, you know, it's like, well, I got to raise my game. So that that may be like the coaching mentality of uh, if everybody, you know, raises their game, our team will be better. But it, it does push you. I mean, it pushes me because I'm like, well, I'm pushing these people to get better. What am I doing? I got it. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I'm looking in the mirror and saying, okay, you know, power five. So the power five for me is, has helped me because, you know, there are days where I've written down like, you know, exercise 30 minutes. All right. Just an example. And it's 10 o'clock at night. And I'm like, damn, but I don't, <laughs> don't want to send the L in. I mean, I, you know, I do get an L sometimes, but I've never gotten two L's in a row. Okay. But I, I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to get my shoes on and go run the neighborhood 30 minutes or go downstairs and, you know, bang out some push-ups or whatever it takes for 30 minutes, but I'm not going to send the L in. And that's more for me, but I also look at a little bit like the people in the Power Five. Everyone uh, in the Power Five I know because I invited them. And when someone gets booted out, then I reach out to someone and invite them in, Okay. And it's a wait list. It's, it's a, a wait list. I mean, there's people that want to get in, you know? All right. And, and, and I think that the people, I mean, people text me off, off the group and they're like, you know, this is powerful for me. They're like, I don't want to disappoint you. And, and, like, they, and the funny thing is like a lot of the people in the group, they don't know each other. So I got like one guy in California. I got one guy in uh, Wyoming. You know, there's just people that come and go through my life. And, you know, like one guy is a client that I'm never going to probably see again. But he's in the but power still five. Connected yeah, the power you know, five. he's just like I don't know anybody in the group, but this is kind of cool. Like I don't want to get an L. Um, so that's where I get excited when people are are raising their game around me because it, it pushes me up. So 
uh, long-winded way to answer your question, and and maybe I hadn't thought about that, but it's it's helped me. And when when other people are getting better, you know, I don't want to get left behind because I'm like, I was pushing you to get better. Now you're better than so me. So I got I, I got motivation. Yeah, I got to be better than yeah, you and Josh every accountability day. Accountability <laughs> that you're creating for yourself right. as well. That's really cool. So when you're engaging in friends and acquaintances and ex-clients and things in the power five or other levels of, of success that motivate you. Are these the type of people and personality you look to as partners in other ventures or things? Is that, do you have a direct relation with people you work with on investing in projects and those things uh, that match those personalities or are they completely separate? Is that your your business approach completely different than your personal Uh, approach? Uh, you know, personal approach, anybody is welcome. Most of them don't, don't last in terms of like the, the high level performers. Sure. They're still my friends, but like taking another level of like, how intense do you want to work out? Okay. Um, or, or what are you willing to do, um, to, to, you know, you told me what you want, what are you willing to do? And, And then they tell me and I say, okay. I'll hold you accountable. <clears throat> but um, when it comes to business relationships, there's got to, I always think that <clears throat> the reason that partnerships don't work in business most of the time is that somebody is not bringing something to the table that, you know, or, or they're not bringing value that makes them an equal partner. You know, most of the time people get into partnerships because they're friends. Sure. And so they're like, oh, yeah, we're buddies and we're going to buy an apartment together. And then one person does all the work or, you know, we'll start this little business. And, you know, then one person's at the lake, the other person's working and there's resentment. So when you're starting uh, any sort of a business venture with a partner, you really have to sit down and, and, and be honest with each other and say, you know, like, what are, what do, what do I, what do I bring to the table? And <clears throat> what are your expectations of me? It's a super important discussion to have. Um, and it goes back to also money, okay? Mm-hmm. So how many people do I know that started a bar or a restaurant and they had a financial backer? So the financial backer puts in $100,000, you know? And so the other guy is running the bar. He's cleaning up puke at three in the morning and he's hating his life. And the $100,000 guy is skiing in Vail. And he's like, how'd the bar do tonight? How'd we do? And he's like, how'd well, we do this yeah, time? you know, <laughs> and, and the, you know, the guy cleaning up the puke is like, well, we did crappy because I'm in this bathroom cleaning up puke and you're skiing. Well, the bar wouldn't have happened without the $100,000 guy. Sure. So point being is that that relationship really needs to be fleshed out way in advance and discussed. And, and the person that says, look, you know, I got five kids, I got three businesses and I'll put this money in, but know that I'm not coming in to check IDs. Sure. You know, and so that's where I think most people fail in the partnership realm. So, you know, in my um, side hustle or whatever alternative businesses that I am part of, you know, I try to match up if I do match up with someone and I say like, what do they bring to the table that I can't bring to the table? Because, you know, if if they're bringing in like, oh, I can put some money into that, and I already have money, then I don't need them. If they say, oh, I have expertise in this and I already have expertise in that, then I don't really need them. Um, so in partnerships for, for everybody that's an entrepreneur out there, I would say don't necessarily look at the person that's the easiest person to talk to, you know, like your buddy. So, from, so you don't really care if they're working out every day or if they're a high level uh, in a certain area, you're looking for the skill match to what you're bringing to the table versus what's needed with the investment or the for that for that particular venture for that specific yeah. thing. Now, if they do have other yeah. high performing habits, I yeah. assume that's a, a huge win. But uh, but I, that is not a qualifier for you on picking partners or investments to go into. I, I think that I would be. I wouldn't be truthful if I was saying that I didn't look at someone and say, "Are they a winner?" Mm-hmm if I want to be a partner with them, you know, someone who doesn't have uh, the self-esteem to do certain things in life that they want to do, that they told me, like, I wish I could do this. That's probably not someone that I'm looking to be a financial partner with. They still might be a buddy, but somebody who's like, 
I, I really want to quit smoking. It's like, okay, well, then let's figure out a way to quit smoking. Sure. And they don't do it. I'm like, okay, is this the person that when the when going gets tough in a business, which sometimes it does, you know, uh, are they gonna are they gonna just fold up? It, and these are yeah, I, I love hearing how you approach these things. You are the top of your game from a real estate standpoint. You're crushing it. Uh, you're highly successful at what you do, but you're also one of the most successful investors that I've ever been around in multiple areas, multiple things. Some things falling under your expertise, some things are not. Uh, you're a couple months out of a 10-figure sale of an investment with a group. Uh, you have some things on your own, you have some things with other people. So this is an awesome opportunity as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, mm -hmm. as somebody that's looking to engage in things outside of what they do. Even being the best at what you do, you're still looking at other things outside of that to invest and to grow and to work for you. Uh, this, these are the areas that can provide so much value for our listener, and I appreciate you, you diving into yep. these things. As we're talking about partners, on a general level with most investments and, and most outside ventures or, or things on the side, do you prefer partners and, and other investors, or do you prefer to go at it by yourself initially? Do you have a strategic approach um, depending on what the project is? How do you, how do you think about things from a individual rain investment standpoint yeah. versus a group? So probably a good rule of thumb is more people, more problems. Okay. <laughs> you know, if you have one partner, okay. all right, yeah. that's, that's I felt that experience before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that yeah. is not the answer I was expecting. <laughs> well, but I love it. All right. More people, more problems. More people, more problems. All right. So if you got, 10 partners and 10 people want to have some sort of say in it. Okay. You know, what the, you know, what the special on Friday night should be. And, you know, you're running the bar and you know what the special should be, but you know, you got somebody that chimes in cause they're an owner. Okay. So, uh, if it's just one other person, then you have that discussion beforehand. So, uh, there are ways to have, like I'm involved in a, in a really big deal right now. And there are, uh, six or seven uh, silent partners. Okay. okay. So we pitched them the deal and we said, these are the rules of engagement. Shut the F up, <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, and, and put your money in if this is something that you believe in. Okay. So, you know, they're still allowed to say some stuff. Okay. But for the most part it's on a day to day, they don't have any, you know, input on what we're doing. And so uh, I think that obviously that takes uh, a track record when you're doing that where someone believes in you to put money in sure um and so you you know you have to earn that right um but i don't really go out of my way to seek what their opinion is i mean sure it's 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 acknowledged but they knew that going in okay, okay. yeah so um so that's more of like a financial investor but that you know that question that you ask goes back to what does the person bring to the table so if I'm going to buy uh, an apartment building and I have a, a friend who's a dentist and they want to be a partner, like what is that person bringing to the table? Now, if I didn't have any money and they said I can put down 200000 and co-sign the loan or whatever, you know, et cetera, et cetera, then they bring a great deal of value because they bring the money. All right. So, you know, ideally when you get to the point where you don't need a partner, to me, that's really good, unless they're bringing something to the table that you don't have. So, um, you know, most of the stuff that I do are, are ideas, and then I say, all right, let me figure out how to make this work. At this point, if I was gonna bring someone into an investment, then I might, you know, a lot of people look at it like, oh, it's 50-50 it's or whatever the percentage is, <clears throat> but you can approach people and say, here's the deal. Um, you know, I thought of it, I found the deal, uh, I'm gonna run it, and this is just like an investment if you were going to call your stockbroker and say, you know, buy gold or Bitcoin or whatever. Uh, you can put in half the money and you own 25% of the deal. Now, most people would say like, what? Like, why not 50-50? <laughs> well, that's just the deal, 
All right. I mean, Ooh, you're gonna yeah, make you're, you're gonna make money, and yeah. um, you're getting my expertise, and that's the price of business. So, <clears throat> I think there's a lot of different ways where, at first, everyone's just like, oh, it's it's fifty fifty, and and again, the dentist is not bringing anything to the table, and so that relationship will become difficult because you found the deal, you're hiring all the contractors to fix the apartment, you know, you're working on the rents, you know the market, you're doing whatever, and that person's skiing. And that's when a partnership fractures because that person's not doing, you know, now, if they're putting in 50% of the money and have 25% of the ownership, then yeah, you're doing all the work and you're getting, you know, you could reverse that the same way. You could make the pitch to the opposite. Mm-hmm. And your buddy's the dentist, and he's coming to you saying, put up half the money for me to start a new dental practice. Absolutely. And you'll get 25%. <clears throat> but I'm the dentist. I'm the expert. I mean, it's just. Sure. I think he would. The dentist would think that's a good deal for him. Yeah, when you're. Yeah, but the sometimes cars, it can yeah. get a little tricky on the other side of it. It's like, yeah, but it's just a piece of property, or it's just. Yeah. It can, it can kind of mess you up with so, your emotions. So. <clears throat> On your track record, it sounds like now you're in a position to where you're comfortable and probably preferred to have less partners, less people, less problems. I know a lot of investors and especially entrepreneurs that have worked really hard to build up money to invest or things to invest in, they are concerned about the risk. They would rather have a partner or 10 partners because it means they could lose less money if something went wrong or if the market turned, does that enter your mind at all? Like, man, I don't know if I need that dentist because if this goes right, that's great. But if this goes wrong, I'm not losing all this money. Uh, it's all just my money. I've got other investors helping to mitigate the risk. Is that, are you like, I'm, I'm going to win with this. I know this is a win enough. I don't need or want other people or there's no risk here. How do you approach that from a money versus uh, risk and partner standpoint? That's a good question. If, if you, um, <clears throat> you know, if you put your own money in, then you have less deals that you can do. So if you do oh, yeah, you use other true. people's money, yeah. scalability. So I'm not averse to having, you know, people involved. It's just <clears throat> uh, I don't necessarily want silent partners that are not silent, you know. Mm-hmm. And so uh, if somebody out there, you know, goes to somebody, I think you could do it just like what Josh was saying in, in reverse. If somebody says, um, you know, like I, I had a discussion yesterday with a, with a friend of mine <clears throat> and I said to him, you could scale your business. Um, he's in the plumbing business. Okay. okay. I don't know anything about plumbing, but I know that in real estate, we have to do a lot of um, septic pumps. Okay. So in, in, in places that don't have sewer, uh, in a rural community, you have septic tanks for people out there that don't know about that. Cause I didn't know that before I moved to Georgia. All right. Uh, cause I lived in New York city, you know, and I was like, well, yeah, you know, I was just, yeah. When you flush, that's where the rats go. See, right? you know, right? you know, the opposite. A, yeah. I came to Athens. Yeah. I'm like, what city sewer? Oh yeah. yeah. You're used to an outhouse, right? You know? Right. All right. So anyway, so I said to him, uh, cause when we have people that buy a house, usually you, uh, you write the offer and you say the septic will be cleaned out by the by the seller so that the buyer knows that it's like at ground you zero. To, you need to get all of your crap out of here. You get, you know, like, <laughs> let's get it out of the way. All right, that's right. And uh, so anyway, so we always are backed up, excuse the pun, but we're, we're always <laughs> delayed because a lot of septic companies are just, they only have one truck. Yeah. And they're like, we can't get to you for two weeks, three weeks, whatever. So my friend in the plumbing business, I said, dude, you should buy a septic truck. And you would crush it, you know? And he's like, well, we're actually talking about that, but I can't do this and this and this um, because I'm borrowing some money for something else. And my banker said, like, don't buy a septic truck because I think they're like 100 grand. Okay. So I said to him, all right, well, let's sit down and you and me will figure out a way to buy this truck. All right. So I don't want to be in the septic business, but I believe in that guy. And I know he's a really hard worker. And I know he'll do great. And if the only thing that's keeping him is to buy this truck, well, let's figure out a way to buy the truck for him. And I'm not going to do it, you know, out of the goodness of my heart, but I'll do it and I'll invest in him. So I might buy that truck and then he pays me back. And then when the time is right, he can get the right loan or whatever. So it's a win for him. It's a win for me. Um, You know, there's an expression of, of bet on the jockey and not on the horse. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm betting on my friend because I know he's great at what he does, and 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 I've done work with him before. Um, so I'm betting on him as the jockey. I'm not betting on Septic. Okay, <laughs> you know because that's not my bread and butter. But I know that if he does it, then he'll get 20 phone calls the first week. Sure. Because all the people in my business are like, can't get a septic guy, can't get a septic guy. Okay. So if the only thing that's holding him back is having this asset at his disposal, then I said to him, like, well, let's sit down tomorrow and figure out a way. You know, maybe we get, you know, 10 guys that all chip in $10,000 and we'll bet on you. Okay. And then, you know, we'll figure out what the return on investment is. Sure. Now we might get four guys, we might get two guys, might just be me. So, okay. okay, so are you waiting on these type of opportunities to come to you? Are you constantly looking at angles and places to invest? Are you actively like <clears throat> seeking out feelers out? How are you deciding between real estate and septic trucks and yeah. developments of yeah. huge projects with 10 other people as a <clears throat> right now, especially as a business owner and as a Excuse me. As an investor, a lot of people have money. Stock market's high, real estate's high. I'm scared to invest. I don't know anything about business or business partners. How are you making those decisions and how are you knowing what's the best decision of the angles and the opportunity you yeah. have in front of you? I don't know that there's any like uh, science to it. Sure. You know, and, and kind of going back to like when I started the septic discussion with the guy, I was just checking in on him. All right. Like, I was so, just talking crap with him. Man. Yeah. You know, you know we're, we're talking just talking crap. Yeah. But, uh, <coughs> or do that, you, I guess, or well, do you even care? Is a win a win? Or you're trying to, like, I need 9% of my money or I need this. No, is but it when, like, I, when I started I talking to him about it, yeah, best. when I started talking to him about it, I wasn't trying to angle into the deal. Yeah. I just said, this would be something that your business could translate well into. And he's like, yeah, totally. We've thought about that. And he sent me a picture of the septic truck that he wants to buy. And he's like, that's funny that we were just talking about that. And so I said, all right, well, what's keeping you from it? So those discussions of just, hey, how's it going? Have a killer day. You know, then we lead into some other things. Um, so, you know, that that's the type of, I guess, serendipity type of thing that just came from sure. being in communication with someone. Um, but, you know, I just said to him, like, don't let the lack of capital stop you from doing stuff so for entrepreneurs out there you know if sounds kind of drastic but if i said to you like you got to raise ten thousand dollars or something bad's going to happen to someone in your family all right and i could say that to anybody okay well most people would find a way they'd be like all right i'm gonna go out and hustle i got to make ten thousand dollars to make this happen okay um and to to save a family member or whatever so they could do it if they really had to and, and then they, so when push comes to shove, they really get after it. But most people are in their comfort zone. So they don't have to do that. They don't have to raise the $10,000. So most people that say, well, I don't have $100,000 and my banker won't lend it to me, so I can't start this business or I, I can't do the, the septic or I can't grow my business. Okay, well, all right, if that's the case, then do you know 50 people that would give you $2,000? You know, and so that's thinking a little bit differently and not just saying, well, no, we can't expand our cleaning business because we don't have the right tools. You know, we don't have the, we, we can't buy that machine for 50 grand. You know, I got another friend who's in the uh, moving business and, uh, you know, I said, when are you going to buy another truck? Because, you know, he's got was one truck and it goes all over the place moving people. And uh, he's like, well, truck, is like 80 grand or something. I said, all right. So are you turning down business because you don't have the truck? He's like, I turn down business all the time. Find a way to buy the truck, okay? Because if you're turning down business, it's like losing money, you know, and not investing in yourself. Like Barbara Corcoran from the, the Shark Tank, she's a real estate person in New York. She says she always kept getting a bigger and bigger office in New York because that put the pressure on her to fill it with agents. And when you push yourself and you buy the second truck, then you're like, we got to get on this marketing more. We got to, you know, hire some more guys. You know, then it, it, it ends up happening. Like when I first started in real estate, like most realtors, I was nervous to hire an assistant. 
I was like, dang, I, I don't know if I, I mean, I'm doing well, but like, I got to pay someone back then, you know, 30 grand. I don't know. Like, that seems like a lot. And then when you do it, you're like, well, I better go generate a bunch of business to pay for this sure. person. And then after you had it for a year, you're like, oh, I think I made 60 grand and I paid her 30 grand. So I'm up 30 grand and she's doing all the stuff that I don't like to do. I can't go back. So I think to a certain degree, I mean, yeah, it's, it's not that simple if someone's like, 20 years old and wants to open a restaurant and you know people are probably not going to give you a lot of money if you don't have a bunch of experience but for those entrepreneurs out there that have some experience and can show a potential investor why you know you and Radioland are are a jockey that someone should bet on that's what you got to show people you know and, the, and if coming to you and said okay hey rain <clears throat> i need to buy this moving truck for 80 grand are you interested in investing that and you're looking at, okay, here's a moving truck and somebody you know that needs 80 grand to grow their business over here is a rental house for 80 grand. Mm -hmm. How are you making those investment decisions? How are you choosing or how are you making the decisions of where, where to invest or who to invest in? Yeah. So going back to the jockey, you know, so I would say to the guy with the moving truck, um, you know, show me a plan mm -hmm. because everybody says they want it. You know, like another example is I, I got a, a guy that does great work on rental properties. And I said, I'm, I'm thinking about making you a manager of all the properties. Are you interested? Yes, I'm interested. Haven't heard from him. That tells me he's not ready. <laughs> okay. I want it for him, just like I wanted it sure. for my students when I was a high school teacher. You know, but I would say to them, like, I can't want your grade more than you want it for you. So you got to show me like, yes, if you say, will you stay after school and help me? I'll help you. Okay. But if you're late, I'm gone. Because you're telling me you, you say you want it, but your actions don't make it happen. And so I think like as we embark on the new year, same thing with resolutions. You know, everybody says what they want to do. All right. Well, okay, great. But most people fail because the work is the hard part, you know, making these you know, ah, I want to do this resolution, resolution. Well, all right, we'll get after it and do it. Okay. So if the guy says, yeah, I'd love to manage your properties. Okay. Well, the next morning I want you there at eight o'clock to show ready me. To manage. I'm ready. Um, you know, and the guy who, you know, I uh, might want the truck or the guy who might want the septic tank, like show me, like come to me and say, all right, I'm, I'm your guy. I'm your, I'm your guy, I'm, and here's why. I'm your okay. jockey, and, and this is how we're going to do it. I'm going to get this many more, you know, moving things, and, and I'm going to pay you back this much, this much, this much. But, but most people are just like, yeah, I didn't get to that. And then, you know, I still love them, but I'm not going to give them 80 grand. Sure. And I'm going to buy that rental house. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's say you do <clears throat> land on the right jockey. Yeah. He, the, the person shows they do want it. At that point, as an investor, are you? Do you want part of the business? Do you just want? Hey, I want my money back plus ten percent. How is there a preference of structure for you, or do you let that person come to you and define the win? I, I let them come to me, and I say, you tell me what's a win for you. Because if I dictate the terms, then they don't have ownership, and so I think there's some resentment. You know, if I say like I need ten percent back, or I need you know whatever or I want to own part of your business. And they're like, I don't want to do that. And I say, okay, well, what do you want to do? You know, so I tell them, like even the guy who was going to manage the properties, um, I said, you figure out a form of compensation that works for you. Because I know you want to do your other stuff. So you come to me and figure out, or you explain to me, you know, how much time you think that you could commit to this, how you want to be compensated, and what are the long-term goals for our relationship in this business. That was too much for him to process in terms of not not that Tell he's not smart, but yeah. he's just like yeah. sure more of a point A to point B. Yeah, and so that's okay. I still love the guy, but that's not someone I'm going to go in business with. So for me, a lot of it is like surrounding yourself with winners who <clears throat> don't just talk it because everybody talks it. You know, ah, you know, I want to I want to be better in basketball next year, coach. Okay, well, let's get after it. You know, we just lost the last game of the season. What are you willing to do? Okay. Uh, you know, COVID comes, okay, in, in the spring. So <clears throat> my godson um, is a uh, football player at Oconee. 
And so we're talking and uh, the conversation started. I said, you know, you want to learn how to drive a stick shift during during this downtime? He's like, yeah, that'd be cool. So we go out, we learn. How, and I ask him, like, what's your what are you and your teammates doing to train now that school's canceled and all the gyms are closed? And he said, oh, I don't know. I said, well, I'm, I'm out here training every morning at 6 a.m. So if you want to come, you got to bring your A game. You know, he's like, yeah, yeah, I think I want to do that. I'm like, do you think you want to do it or do you want to do it? He's like, all right, I want to do it. So I said, all right, the only thing is that I'm going to commit to doing everything. He's 17 in like great shape. He's a good sure. football player, you know, better shape than me. But I said, I'll make you a deal. You have to do everything that I ask you to do and I'll do everything that I ask you to do. <laughs> okay. So we got out there every day at 6 a.m. And then he brought a friend who is a great player himself. <clears throat> and we worked out every single day. All right. And it was really hard. I mean, they were pushing me because I didn't want to look bad, like, you know, old guy. All right. <laughs> and they, they didn't want to wake up early, you know. But and then the summer came and it got hot. And so I was like, let's let's ramp it up to like two o'clock in the afternoon. You know, we, we didn't go at 6 a.m. And they, they were like, I said, is that all right? And they were like, yeah. But we pushed ourselves beyond what we all thought we could do. Okay. And my wife is a big marathon runner. She came out there one day and I was like, let's just run with her. So we ran with her. <clears throat> I just said, wherever she goes, we go. All right. She ran 10 miles. These guys never ran 10 miles in their it life, to you know, miles. but that was part of the mindset was that I didn't even say we're going to run 10 miles. And then they told themselves they couldn't do it. They just, I just said, just like every day, we just come out here and we just, and we never had a clock, never had a time. We just, whenever I said, stop, we stopped. Okay. And some days we just go that much harder and we just run another hill, you know, and it was awesome. I mean, it was really like they picked me up, but I felt like they were getting better. And I said to them, look, we're out here, but your team is only going to be as good as the last guy that's sitting on the couch because this pandemic will be an easy excuse of, well, I couldn't go to my gym or I couldn't work out at school. Well, we're out here in the woods. We're out here doing pull-ups. We're doing push-ups on benches. We're doing leg raises. We're doing sprints, you know we can do all that without a gym. Okay. So they had no excuses. And then I said, now to get your team better, you got to go find the five guys that are going to be the weak links on your team because they sat on their butt and watched TV during this pandemic. So they started doing that, became leaders. It was awesome. I mean, and they went to the state finals, um, you know, lost in overtime, which was, was crushing for me as it was for them because, you know, I was like, I was invested in these guys, but, um, but just seeing their growth, it raised me up. And I told them, like, I don't want to be surrounded by losers. So if you're going to come out here and not do it, that's just as much as, like, not coming. Sure. So you're either all in and you're with me, and they made me better, you know, uh, by going out there every day. And, and we got after it. I mean, we got in hell of shape. And, you know, their coach was like, man, you guys are in good shape. You know, <laughs> uh, it was cool. And coach uh, came in. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, surrounding yourself with people like that and just giving them the ownership of what do you, what do you want out of this? You know, if they, if they say, well, I, I, you know, I want this much percentage of the business or I want this much, you know, listen to them, give them ownership in it. Because if you're always dictating, then they're just an employee and Very they, true. And they feel like, all right, well, you're just taking advantage of me because you're lending me some money. I'm like, no, I'm giving you an opportunity you dictated the terms and, you know, let's go. And then same thing with my, you know, with, with my godson and his friend. And it's like, all right, you know, I let them run the workout sometimes. And I'd say, all right, whatever you tell me to do. Cause yesterday I told you guys like, all right, let's, let's knock out another, you know, 10 win sprints. So then they would do some stuff and I was like, man, this is hard. Like some of the stuff that I don't <laughs> sure. like doing that they, they were good at, but I was like, all right, what's good for them is good for me. You know? So, it made us all better. It kind of goes back to that whole same yeah. concept. And, and yeah, I love that idea of making everybody better and everybody pushing themselves. And I guess that that comes back to my question on and, and probably <clears throat> something to do with why you started engaging in multiple things. Again, top of your field at what you do. 
uh, crushing it uh, from a marketing standpoint, from a reputation standpoint, financially. You're winning in all areas uh, in the real estate industry of what you're doing on a day-to-day basis. What made you make the decisions to go invest in other people and other places and projects and developments and real estate? What what pushed you to go there in the beginning and why did you start going to outside investments or going to other places when, let's be honest, I guess the need wasn't really there. Uh, so what was the driving force for that? Well, I, I think, I guess I probably would look back to, you know, my parents. Uh, my, my dad was a, uh, a dean of students, so mm-hmm. he always had a lot of people, <clears throat> um, especially foreign students that would come to our house like Thanksgiving and they didn't have a place to go. So they were always giving my mom had a lot of people in her life that um, she was a giver to. So I'll, I'll give them props for sure. Um, in terms of the, you know, again, the, the helping other people, I mean, if they are succeeding or if they're doing well, I get fired up like at, at our company, uh, shameless plug for give back real estate. But, uh, you know, when, when our agents come in, we donate 10% of every, uh, commission to a nonprofit here in Athens. So when they come in and have a a sale, I'm excited for them, but I always ask them like, what's the give back to? Cause I get fired up cause I know we, we, we represent 20 nonprofits in Athens and they get a check from us when one of them gets a check from us when we have a sale. So I know all those people personally and, I get excited. Like I know that uh, Project Safe is going to get a fourteen hundred dollar check today, and I'm like, "Oh, Joan's going to be fired up." She's going, you know, and so I get, you know, I get excited about that, and so I get to live vicariously through the agents and our company. Um, you know, like this year alone, we donated back three hundred thousand dollars. So we started three years ago. First year goal was a hundred thousand. We got a hundred and seven give backs. Second year goal was to get up to 250 and we got like, like 260. And then this year, uh, the goal was 500 and we're at 554 in givebacks. So I get excited about, you know, giving other people's money away. But I mean, I give a lot of my own away uh, as an agent there. But <clears throat> the, you know, the, the joy that that brings I, I don't know. I, there's not there's not a really a reason. Um, so you just get excited about helping other people and things win, and you just want to do more of it. It's not a strategic. How do I be a good steward with my money, or how do I plug yeah. things here? For it's how do I use this as a tool to make me more excited and to make a difference here and gain more energy behind it? Continue to help it, people yeah, win. I, I don't. Yeah, I mean, when we when the uh, pandemic started, um, some people in my office and my neighborhood and some friends um, started uh, Thousand Sandwich Thursday. So we make <clears throat> sandwiches every Thursday or Wednesday night, and uh, and I deliver them, and we try to get a thousand sandwiches every week. All right, so. Going strong in the beginning, just like resolutions. Everyone's like, this is awesome. You know, me and my kids are making sandwiches. And, you know, we got like, I think one week we probably had like 800 sandwiches. You know, goal was 1,000. Shoot big. Um, and so I go deliver them to, um, you know, some mobile home parks, uh, some <clears throat> centers that, you know, uh, homeless shelters and things like that. And admittedly now, uh, I guess we're nine months later, okay, still doing 1,000 Sandwich Thursday. And now we're down to probably like 200 sandwiches, okay? But that's okay. You know, I think the people that are doing it are still fired up about doing it. And when I go and deliver, because I'm the one that delivers every week, and some of the places have actually shut down. So now I deliver a lot of them just hand-to-hand to to homeless people on the street, okay? But I look forward to that every week. And I look forward to, like, there's one guy that I've known for a long time, and he lives behind the Grit Restaurant. He lives in a chair, literally. I mean, if you go there right now, he's there. His name is Mr. Nightingale. And I bring him food, you know, three or four times a week. But he always gets a big bag of sandwiches. And I get fired up to go see him. I'm like, I get to go see Mr. Nightingale. You know, so he's not giving me anything back. He's never going to be a business partner. But when I tell the people in my neighborhood who are making sandwiches, like, hey, I really appreciate it. You're doing a good thing. Um, You know their enthusiasm for it gets me fired up 
And when I go, I park my car in the central spot and I leave the doors open, unlocked, and, and they put bags of food in there. And then I go at noon and I take the car and drive around. You know, when I see the bag of food, it fires me up because I'm like, that's right, people. You know, I appreciate that. And, you know, I'll give them a shout out. Um, but that that gets me excited because what we started nine months ago, people are still doing it and they they make it part of their daily routine. So that's a win for me. And when somebody that I've come across is like, hey, you know, you gave me a little pep talk or something and I'm still doing it or I'm still doing the power five and it's changed my life or I'm exercising or I'm not smoking or whatever, you know, it fires me up. So I get, you know, so it doesn't have anything to do with business. I know it's an entrepreneur show, but I swear if you people out there, if you invest in people, then it will just, it will come back to you. You know, you'll, you'll get in relationships with people that you want to do business with. You'll get in relationships with people who, you know, have a winning mentality. You get in relationships with people that um, are not interested in just a zero sum. It's like zero sum is I got to win if you got to lose, you know, like, no, we can all win. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not kumbaya on, it's not socialism. It's just like, Hey, you know, if, if we do the septic truck, yeah, you know, we could figure it out and you could get a bunch of septic pumps and, you know, pay me back. And then, you know, in, in a year you can do this or that for me, you know? And I mean, it's, it's, it's not as just, I'm not going to just cut someone a check and, and tell people out there, like, just give away your money and, and hope that doesn't come back. But um, you work it out, you know, you write things down, you can get a lawyer, whatever you want. But when you surround yourself with good jockeys, you're going to win a lot of races. So How often do people pitch you on, hey, Rain, I want you to be partners with me. Here's the reason why. Because I know as you've talked yeah. here, yeah. you've mentioned several opportunities where it kind of organically presented itself yeah. where you asked someone a question and then just in your willingness to help them, they gave you a, hey, here's why I can't do yeah. it. You've helped me work around it. But how many times do people come up and say, Rain, I got an idea. I want to run by you. Does it happen? It, it happens some. It's usually uh, on a Georgia home football game and we're in a bar and they're like, we should buy a bar together. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no, we shouldn't. All right, you know, just drink your drink um, because you don't want to be running this bar in the middle of February on a Thursday with two drunks sitting there drinking PBR, you know. Uh, that's exactly so, right. You know, Those $40 revenue days. That's right, that's do. right. Those hurt. No, I mean, the, the people have ideas. I think partly the reason that I don't know if people don't really come to me with a ton of ideas that are not in that uh, mindset because I think that people have so much self-doubt. They're just like, that won't work. I'm a dentist. You know, I can't. You had to almost talk them into the business. Almost, that they want to be into yeah, already. You know, and, and, and then they just, most people are risk averse. <clears throat> and, and then they just say, well, I might fail at that. And most people are afraid to fail. And that's why most people don't tackle things because they stay in their comfort zone they hang out with the same people that won't judge them uh, because they know them from a long time. And they're not willing to go out and say, I just fell flat on my face. And, you know, we talked about accountability and, you know, when people put it out there for the world to see, I'm going to do this. You know, I'm not like huge into social media, but when people say like, I'm going to lose 50 pounds, you know, I mean, that tells the world. Now, granted, the world forgets quickly because everybody's thinking about other things. And three months later, they're like, oh, I guess he didn't lose the weight. But, you know, people don't <laughs> want to put a lot of risk out there because they are afraid to fail. So I don't get pitched a whole lot. Um, but if people do pitch me, I'm like, OK, well, let's figure out a way to do it. I mean, I try not to be combative and like, tell me why this won't, you know, why this will work. I just say, OK. Um, what's your game plan and yeah. how are you going to do it and what's going to happen if, and so we, you know, 10 questions later, if they've already given up, then they probably didn't have it in them. You know, I was like, who's going to work Christmas Eve? You know, they're like, oh, I hadn't thought about that. I'm like, okay, well just think about it. It's not, it's not like it won't work. Sure. But if they're going to give up that easily, then it's like the same person that's, you know, when the going gets tough and training, they're going to say, oh, it's raining or it's mm -hmm. cold out. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, if you want to do a tough mutter, you're going to have to get after it. So yeah. this took a, this is interesting. It's exciting because this took a completely different turn than I was expecting from a topic-based uh, investment side of thinking, okay, investors, when you, when you have money, this is the approach. You, you look at rental property, you look at this. 
completely different direction for you. To, a couple of things I see as a pattern here is, number one, what fires you up and excites you. Mm-hmm. And number two, just look at the people. How do you help other people win? How do you just go back into the people aspect of your investments? Mm-hmm. And how do you, you plug in there? That's been way more valuable, way more exciting for you. Uh, and, and it sounds like your advice, and correct me if I'm wrong, to entrepreneurs who have built a place of success mm-hmm. in a place where they're ready to invest don't necessarily need to go look for the return on investment opportunities in a defined format. Maybe go look for how do you invest in good jockeys that excite you and plug in there because that's going to be, it's not as defined as a rental property or a stock, but it's way more beneficial from an excitement level, a long-term investment level and helping everybody win. Is that... Yeah, I, I think if you if you're dealing with people that you believe in and you you I mean everybody out there has you know a handful of people that they look at and they're like that person's smart. So why don't you just go to them and be like, "Look, I got $50,000 to invest or I got, you know, time to invest. Um, what what could I do to bring you value?" Cuz I think too many times like entrepreneurs are like, oh, "I just want to learn." Okay, well, if you're dealing with somebody that is super busy going to that person and just saying like i'll work for free just teach me everything that's not bringing a lot of value to the other person sure okay because you know the the uh the mentor is giving up more than they're getting and that's okay you know you don't always have to get 50 50 reciprocal but um if you went to somebody and said you know you buy the building and i'll do the work Okay, well, there's value there. Okay, as long as, like we talked about, the the rules of engagement are pretty clear. Um, But have a plan because people get pitched stuff all the time and they're like, "Mm, what are you bringing to the table or what's your experience? But if you go to someone that's really smart and say, uh, you know, I got a couple ideas. Do you have a couple ideas? I mean, people that, you know, are entrepreneurs, they love to talk to other entrepreneurs and you don't have to have a track record of like, well, I've done a whole lot of things, so that's why you should talk to me. Or I've done nothing, so you wouldn't want to talk to me. You know, I mean, makes sense. I, I, I talk to anybody that's got some ideas, and then you know we hash it out. I don't have to be a partner, but I would I would check up on them and want to see them win. I like it. Yeah, I think that's really cool <clears throat> for you, Josh, as an entrepreneur and somebody that uh, has engaged in different businesses and different ventures. How do you feel from a position right now of investing in people versus investing in business versus investing in real estate? Uh, your takeaways and some of your thoughts on how you move forward into 2021 from an, an entrepreneur and investor standpoint. Yeah, I think for me, I have like that butterfly effect, so to speak. So I can, I can, uh, if I'm not excited about something, I, li- I could lose interest relatively quickly. So for me, I love the idea of investing in people, finding the like. Hey, I just I like this guy. I believe in him, and maybe I don't know everything there is to know about this specific industry. But if I can provide any type of value, and I can figure out a win for this person, which could then be a win for me, we could see where it would be mutually beneficial. Then I'm much more interested in in that aspect of because I'd be interested in that person's success. Rain, that's the one thing that's just carried through your conversation today is that you are personally interested in the success of other people because it fires you up when you can be a part of it, when you can see it, even if there's not a monetary value to it, because there's a lot of these situations you talked about, you're not earning income from these people mm-hmm. winning, but it inspires you to get a bag full of sandwiches that somebody else made. Cause you know that, that those people made it and that's, it does something good for them to make it. it does something for you, something good for you to give it and something good for the receiver as well. So I'm all about Chad. Like I'm just focused on what can I invest in? where I have more of that like joy win. So maybe we don't make it in business and maybe we end up like, you know, losing a little bit of money or selling off for break even. I just, if I can help that person get from point A to point B in their life and get to that second step, which is what you've done for, mm-hmm. for us in so many ways, you just, you help me quantify mm-hmm. by not giving effort in certain areas what the loss might be. So again, your buddy earlier saying like, well, man, a, a moving truck costs 80 grand. You're like, why are you losing business by not having one? Like you could eventually get him to see like, well, by not having that truck, you're losing 200 grand a year in revenue. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that, that piece of it for me, Chad, would be I love investing in people. It's just what brings me joy. 
And if I can find a way to do it where it's uniquely beneficial for the person I'm investing in in their business, then great. But man, you know, from doing whether we're doing the podcast or some sure. of the other things we've been a part of, everything ain't about the monetary return on investment. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just mm-hmm. about the joy that it brings you by being a blessing to somebody else. No, absolutely. And I mean, even for you guys, you know, to uh, <clears throat> to do a podcast that takes time out of your day, right? So if somebody said, how are you going to monetize that? And they're like, I'm not, but you're getting to talk to people that inspire you and get ideas. And then, you know, you're obviously your, your name is going out there for people that are listening. So it doesn't have to be like sitting down with an, a financial advisor and saying, how is this hour of a podcast going to, you know, you could, you could do three tax returns and you could do X number of new clients and you're, it's like, okay, well, sure. But not everything's quantifiable. You know, so when you set a, a certain goal like Power Five, that's quantifiable. But just things that you do, uh, <clears throat> the people that you will attract when you're when you're not really trying, that's what I've found happens. And I don't seek that out, but it happens. You know, and when when we started, you know, give back real estate, people were like, "You're going to give away ten percent of your money." I'm like, "Yeah," um, but. I didn't even realize the amount of people that I've come across in the three years that we've opened GiveBack in the nonprofit sector and even in the people that are, uh, you know, just just random people uh, that say like, hey, I, I appreciate what you're doing. And it's not like, oh, do you, you want to buy a house from us? No, it's just like I might have done an, a, a side business with them or we might have done sandwiches together, you know, whatever. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's helped my life. Um, by doing something and you don't always know what the outcomes are going to be. And that's the crazy part. And what I think is really cool about this conversation and what excites me about be having relationships with you two guys is you see this so clearly and I do not. Uh, it takes things like this to help paint the picture. Mm-hmm. You just mentioned give back off the rip, giving away 10% <clears throat> of the money. Like we give away 10% of everything. It, it's that That's our model. So many people, and, and I fall into this and I have to pull myself out, I'm so worried about time and effort of how do I make 10% on my money? Mm-hmm. I've earned this money. I've made this money. How do I make 10% this year? How do I get a return on my investment? How do I invest it in a way? And you're like, no, man, wrong approach. Like I'm giving away 10% from the start. I'm I'm giving away. I'm doing good. I'm investing people. I'm having fun. It'll all work out. And I think that's really cool. So many of us get hung up in the mindset of, tunnel vision of how do I get a return on this investment or this mm-hmm. money or how do I invest in the smartest thing or real estate's high right now or Apple stock's going to go up or pot stocks are going to be great in 2022. It's like you, you have a whole different mindset and have had so much more success with the approach of let's give this away. Let's not worry about the defined mm-hmm. return. Let's invest in people. Same thing for you. Cleaning company is an awesome model of that. Let's invest in people. We'll figure it out. It probably doesn't make sense from a percentage financial level right now, but it's going to be a win and here's how and get the right people involved. That feeling Rain gets from giving back like he does, people would pay way more monetarily than he gives back monetarily to get the feeling Mm -hmm. he gets giving back. You went all the way around. Experiences, relationships, Mm -hmm. somehow a return much greater than people that are spending hours every week trying to quantify a return in other areas. It's really cool and really exciting uh, uh, to hear and to hear you guys be able to put it into words and kind of paint that picture for me uh, on the podcast and all of our listeners. Uh, I've loved this episode. Uh, So much here to draw from. Going into 2021 when there's so many questions on what do I invest in or what do I do or how do I pivot with what I've got to make a difference or, or to continue to grow and be a good steward of my money or my time. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Absolutely. I got fired up just talking about stuff. It's exciting. Uh, Offers me a lot of guidance, guidance and mentorship and clarity and really appreciate your time and look forward to having you for a third time. Absolutely. uh, In 2021 as well. Anytime, anytime. And uh, I appreciate what you guys are doing out here. And I, I listen to the people you have on and they inspire me. You know, I, I learned something from the people. So, uh, you know, those people that are listening, uh, listen and then act on it, I would say, because a lot of people listen to a lot of podcasts and they're like, oh, that was really good. And then they go back to doing what they were doing. So, you know, read a book, act on it, listen to a podcast, act on it, um, see somebody do something, 
you know, don't just make a social media comment with the thumbs up, like go do something and act on it. And then for, for 2021, there's going to be a ton of possibilities for everybody out there to act on things, you know, just do it and, and don't worry about failing. Awesome advice, Rain. Thanks for joining us and I uh, look forward to following your successes as we go throughout the year. Right on. If you enjoyed this episode of The Entrepreneur Adventure, like and subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend. Check us out on Instagram and Facebook at The Entrepreneur Adventure or head to our website, www.theentrepreneuradventure.com. We'll see you next time.